as we journey deeper into the realm of animal empathy, part two of our interview with Jeannie Joseph takes us to a place where horses hold the key to profound wisdom and serenity. Join us as we uncover the magic of these majestic creatures and how their connection with humans can be truly transformative. Stay tuned for more heartwarming stories and a continued exploration of the extraordinary human-animal bond. Welcome to Animal Empathy, where we decode the language of animals for deeper connections. I'm Paloma Berci, your host and an animal communicator since 2001. Join me as we explore heartwarming stories, unspoken bonds, and the magic of truly understanding our animal friends. For more about me, visit speciespace.com. Let's dive in together on this wild journey. And you also do work with horses. So you yes. have a program healing with horses. How do you enter the horse's world and create a sense of peace there? Yeah, well, you know, all animals are wonderful. There isn't like one animal that's better than another, but each animal sort of has its own nature, wisdom, energies, group soul, whatever. And so when you work with horses, it's really interesting because they're so grounded, they're so big and they're so connected to the earth and being with them can take you to another level of opening. I have this, there was this one horse that I was working with, a, he was a therapy horse, his name was Blue. And he was 40 years old, which is very rare. Wow. Uh, yeah. Most horses do not live to 40. And he's on a holistic ranch, you know, holistic food. They give oh, all good stuff, natural, you know, no shoes, everything, you know, beautiful. And he's really interesting because he will only talk to me if I'm at my highest level of consciousness. Like if I'm just, <laughs> if I'm just in an ordinary state, he won't talk to me and he won't talk to me for a couple of months until I come back and I'm, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, the things that he shares with me are so profound. They, they take me to my, you know, like my capacity, what I can, where I can go, you know, and then it's just so interesting to, to work with them. So they really offer an opportunity to see yourself differently and they have a capacity for peace and to sense peace and to sense non-peace they can really feel it and they really respond and that's just one of the reasons we we have this donkey that we work with and i call it um our workshop is called on donkey time because it's interesting donkeys have gotten a pretty bad rap throughout history you know they've been really abused and misused yeah. and they got the reputation for being stubborn or stupid but they are far from either of those what's really interesting is that donkeys have an absolute sense of safety and they will only do what feels safe to them now of course if you're mistreating them punishing them you can make them do things but if you're not doing that they will pay absolute attention to what feels safe and what feels peaceful so in our workshop, it was just a small workshop, and we had people sitting in chairs in the donkey's um, stable area and with lots of space between us, and the donkey can come and go. And we teach the people how to get very peaceful, how to get onto donkey time, which is very calm. There's nothing to do. It's just being here right now, fully, completely in your senses. And when we get peaceful, the donkey is so interested in us. He wants to come over and sniff and sniff, not just a little sniff, but I mean, like really just like, 
in, you know, like almost like a body scan sniff, you know, just sensing you. And then if you start thinking he's not interested, he'll go on to the next person. And so it's, we do a lot of little exercises to help people really experience, you know, how to recognize he's, it's, it's like, I call it donkey biofeedback <laughs> because he's so instant in his awareness of when you, you know, just get distracted or think about something else and you're not there with him anymore. And he's just interested in having this moment where we meet, you know, like our minds meet a mind melt. And when that happens, it's so powerful. I had this one woman come to the class and she was in her sixties and she's been to a lot of workshops. And she, I said, what'd you think? She said, that was the best workshop I've ever been to in my entire life. <laughs> you know, cause what, the first thing I do at this workshop, as I say, okay, we're going to be doing nothing in this workshop, meaning like there's no thing that we're going to do. There's no structure. It's just really about getting into this donkey experience. You know, not that we're going to become donkeys, but just that we're receiving the the donkey wisdom, you know, the sense of just being here right now, fully and completely with all my senses. And they are, they are so beautiful. And so donkeys, horses, all of them, they, this is the same thing we do with the horses. It's very, very peaceful. Yeah. Sounds, sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. A workshop. <laughs> we're going, we're going to do nothing here today. Right. Oh, that's right. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People look at me at first. It's like, what? <laughs> but yeah, then, then they go, okay, I get it now. There's no <laughs> thing that we're doing. There's no specific thing. We're just going to be here. So instead of doing something, we're being something. Exactly. Yes. Animals are in the moment. So animals yeah. live in the moment. And yeah, they can bring us back into the moment by being with them, really. Exactly right. You know, so it's like it's 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 great therapy. You know, it's, it doesn't hurt. There's no side effects. It doesn't cost. Any, well, it might cost you money if they're not your animals. But, you know, it, it's just a wonderful experience. So, yeah, it is. Yes. And if you're curious about animal communication or wish to deepen your bond with your animal companions, I have a gift for you, an invaluable guide to animal communication. Simply find the link in the show notes, enter your email and unlock a world of connection. And now let's continue with the interview. So can, can you explain the healing touch for all animals method and its applications? Yeah. So we do a technique called soothing touch, which is a healing method. And we teach people, especially good for the veterans, because they can do it for themselves as well as for the dog. But we, it, it's like if I tell, hey, do this for yourself. Nah, I don't want to do that. But if you do it for the dog, okay. <laughs> and one of the principles is that it should feel as good to you as it does the dog, because you don't want to be in this unconscious petting, you know, how people, so you've seen people just like, sorry, <laughs> just hit the microphone. You know, they just like petting, 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 petting. They're not present at all. So we, the first thing about soothing touch is you need to be present. You need to really set your intention. Mm -hmm. My intention is to, you know, be in peaceful energy and give share some peaceful energy. So it's a simple intention, but we want to have people be really here when they're doing it. And then we have a series of about six different techniques that we teach. Um, some, you know, we, we'll do some tapping if you're familiar with tapping. This, mm -hmm. is, this is a very soothing spot for an animal. So just gently tapping on the, um, I'm tapping right at the top of my chest, right 
below the neck and it's just a very soothing touch so that's one of the techniques we do we also have a, a hawaiian technique called lomi lomi where we're going to have our hands on both sides of the animal and we're just very gently rocking so it's a gentle rocking technique and it's so soothing you know it's kind of like a, a puppy being carried by their mother you know it's just really or kitten you know it's just it's a, just a very gentle sensation so we have about six of those that we do and we teach people that we'll come and do a class and just teach people how to do that so it's very good because when you're present when you're doing it you're going to get as much healing benefit as the animal and even when i do it in a room full of people a room full of soldiers they all get relaxed. They don't know why. They can't believe it because I haven't touched them. I'm touching the dog, but I'm <laughs> touching them energetically. And so we talk about two types of touch. Touch that's physical, where we're using our hands, and touch that we call invisible touch, which is that we're touching with energy, or you might think of that as touching with your heart. But it's very methodical in the sense that we're doing it with intention. So our intention is to um, share that energy with anybody in the room who would like some of it. And it just feels really good. It just, you can feel it lifts the whole room. Right. And so people can come with their animal to those courses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes we'll just do it. I'll, Sophia will be the demonstration dog. Cause if the other animals are, you know, too agitated, it can be distracting. So I'll show them on Sophia and then they can go home and do it on their own animals. Yeah pretty easy so, to so they can come with animal or without animal yeah we do both both types of classes so, yeah okay yeah. it's usually better when um like i'm doing one on monday it'll be just sophia and she's up on a table and they can see and we'll just go through the different methods and and i'll have them try it on themselves just on their arms so they can feel it and they get this you know the experience of how soothing it feels and then they go home and do it on their animals all right. Okay. And the animals are like, like Bailey, you know, he, he was kind of rambunctious. He's a Labrador beagle mix. So he's you know kind of high energy and we did this tapping with him. And now he just, he'll go and he'll put himself right there. Like tap me, tap me. He just <laughs> loves it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually yeah. animals love, love all this yeah, energy love work. They love it. They just really feel it. And then we have some other hand techniques that are like massage or French massage. We have one that's from India, Ayurvedic massage. So we just teach people these different techniques. And it's all about really just connecting with your animal at a deeper, peaceful level. And animals, when they get a massage, sometimes it's for a minute. Sometimes it's for three minutes. They don't need a half an hour massage, most of them. You know? Right. And they, they will just... show you. They will show you. They will walk away if they don't That's want right. to be massaged any longer. That's right. And sometimes people get their feelings hurt. And I explain to people, sometimes that's all they need. Sometimes they need 10 seconds. Sometimes they need two minutes, you know, and it's enough. And they're full and they're wiser than people. Because if we go and pay for a massage and we're done after 10 minutes, we're not going to get up. <laughs> we're not going to say, oh, I paid for this hour. I'm going to sit here for the, you know, you know what I mean? But the animal knows they, their, their tank is full. And then if you, if you do it to a cat, you try to give a cat more than they want. They'll let you know. <laughs> you, oh, yes. <laughs> you know. Oh, and, and cats also let you know, well, not just cats, but I remember more than one case where people phoned me saying, you know, my cat wants to be petted and then all of a sudden they bite and they scratch. Right. And when I talk to the cat, the cat says, well, 
they're not here with me. They're not paying attention. They're not in the moment. I'm just bringing them back into the moment. I don't want just to be petted and, you know, like a robot. Right. So it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I mean, we don't like it if someone comes and goes, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> petting us like a, like a robot. It's not going to feel good. And so the cats, like they're, yeah, they'll let you know. They'll let you know. So that's part of the training is to be able to recognize that it's not, I'm not doing something to an animal. Like you said earlier, I'm doing something with an animal. And in that frame of doing it with, I need to pay attention to if the animal has had enough or wants it softer or harder in a different spot. They're going to show me, you know, they'll often show me, they'll point, they'll look at their, a place on their body that they need attention. If you're not paying attention, it's just a subtle look and it's only for a second. But if you miss it, you're going to miss it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in the context of animal communication, what does it mean to enter the world of animals for you? Well, for me, I'd be interested to hear what your answer to that question, but I'll, I'll tell you mine is, like I said earlier, it, it, it's, I consider it like a frequency, like there's a zone or a channel or uh, like if it were a radio dial, it's like a frequency that the animals, and it's, it can be different, like horse energy, dog energy is a little different. So you find where's the dog, and even individual dogs, some dogs are different, but the, it's like, where where is that uh Where's that zone where the communication is open? And if I just get there and relax, then I'll hear. So that's for me. But what's your answer to it? I'd love to hear your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, entering the world of animals is just entering a magical world, really. Mm -hmm. It's another It's another world. It's mm -hmm. another perspective to look at things animals usually see the big picture which mm. we don't right because we are so conditioned we are so limited by our limiting beliefs and and our education and everything and our paradigms and animals don't have that mm -hmm. so animals really see the big picture and mm -hmm. i remember once well i I have lived for three and a half years in Spain. I'm I'm based in Switzerland now. I live in Switzerland. Uh -huh. And but I lived for three and a half years in Spain. And I remember after two years of living in Spain, I was so fed up. I wanted to come back home because Switzerland is my country. I was born and raised in Switzerland. Yeah. Even though my parents are from Spain. Ah. So I wanted to come back to Switzerland and I had three dogs at that time and I asked my dogs, I would like to go back to Switzerland. What do you think? Uh -huh. And all three of them said no. Oh. Now, call me crazy. I mean, usually yeah. I, I don't know anybody who would have asked their dogs, would you like to go back to Switzerland in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> they would have yeah. just packed up and come back. Right. <laughs> But then I thought, okay, so we are a family and we, you know, I, I'm outnumbered by, you uh, know, three, uh -huh. three, three voices. Yeah. So I thought, okay, there must be a reason why I need to stay in Spain. So I stayed in Spain for another year. And this was really a very good decision because during that year, I was able to 
heal you know in a way that i wouldn't have been able to had i come back to switzerland ah. but not just that uh, after a year i told my animals look now i i mean now i really want to go back <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. you think now <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and all three of them said okay and i mean wow. i was totally taken aback i was like whoa wow. okay cool yeah. So we're going to go back. Now, I wanted to call a friend, but she wasn't at home. So I called somebody else just to talk about the, the idea of coming back to Switzerland. And we talked about for an hour or one and a half hours. And I hung up the phone and, and then the phone rang again. And this lady was on the phone and she tells me, look, you know, I have this three apartment house with the garden and the um, one of the apartments uh, is getting empty and uh, you could actually have it you could move in there uh-huh this is in switzerland in switzerland yes yeah uh-huh and i go like what really yeah yeah sure you can you can have it i'm I'm gonna send you the the, the pictures and um you you can rent it if you want to mm -hmm. and i go like well this is crazy do you know how difficult it is to find an apartment with three dogs not even being in the country yes, yes. <laughs> you know yes <laughs> so i mean one year earlier that apartment right. wouldn't have been there that's right yeah, you would have got, yeah, yeah. I know it's amazing. That's an example of listening to animal wisdom. You know, they, at one point it's a, it's a no. And, and at another point in another cycle, it's a yes. So, you know, as humans, we're so used to things being absolute yes or absolute no. And sometimes it's a no in one context or timing or circumstance, and then things are different and it's a completely different answer. So, you know, that's, a, I think one of the nice, one of the many nice things about communicating with animals is you begin to see things in that fluid way. That's very different from the way our human brains are organized. And so like when I was telling you about that horse named blue, it was funny because like he put me through, not put me, but he gave me this experience. He showed me, I asked him, I was asking about his purpose in life. And he was explaining what the way he works with energy. And it was just absolutely fascinating. It was just really interesting what he showed about working with the energy lines. And it was really interesting. It was like, like fifth dimensional chess or something, you know, and he would talk about the way he would position his body, he would be doing work or, or relative to another horse. And sometimes they'd both be doing it together. It was just really, I mean, it really took me to the limit of what I could comprehend. And I finished the session as I always do or often do. And I'll say, is there anything you'd like me to tell your humans? You know? And he said, I would like more treats. <laughs> and it was it was so interesting because he went from like what I would consider this incredibly high Zen like conversation to like, I want more treats. And I said to them, do you give him treats? I said, oh, yeah, we give him these holistic treats. I, I said, well, he wants more. <laughs> I mean, it was like and it was a really great lesson for me to not uh, think in terms of consciousness as being one thing, you know, like like all high or all low. I mean, like the, he could go from this very expanded awareness of working it with energy and energy lines and, you know, healing the planet stuff to, I want more treats as a horse. And it was a great lesson for me about 
because I think maybe I had some concepts about spiritual beings being at a certain level and, you know, all this other stuff, you know, so it was great, you know, to see that understanding of that he could go back and forth between, you might say just regular horse consciousness and his higher experience of consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Both exist, both exist simultaneously. It's actually his, the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's actually you the know, same thing. Yeah, I, one of my animal mentors, he's a rabbit and um he's called spot i work with rabbits yeah 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 and um i remember when i started animal communication i wanted to connect with spot i had been talking to other animals so i wanted to connect with spot and spot tells tells me i'm a philosopher you're not going to understand me you are not at my level keep on learning I love it. <laughs> I love it. So I go like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so I keep on studying. Uh-huh. After a couple of months, I come back and Spot goes, I'm a philosopher. You're not at my level. You're not going to, you're not going to understand me. Keep on learning. So I do that for one year, come back, get the same answer come back after one and a half years, get the same answer. You get to a point where you say, I'm I'm making this up. I mean, this can't be, I'm making this up. Mm-hmm. And after two years, this rabbit started talking to me. We've, mm. we've written a book together. You set your own uh-huh. limits. Oh. And we're writing another book right now, mm-hmm. currently, which is going mm-hmm. to be called, We Are Here to Remember. Mm. And one of the things we talk about is consciousness yes and according to spot mm-hmm. it's all one consciousness mm-hmm. there are not different levels of consciousness right right there are different levels of remembering ah lovely, lovely. so it's all one consciousness yes beautiful but it's <laughs> all different levels of remembering Yes. So we are here to remember. We're not here to learn anything. It's all one consciousness. Yeah. And if we would have been taught that from the beginning, Mm -hmm. our life would have been totally different. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people think they are less or they're not enough or whatever. There is so much fear and doubt and self-blame and sabotage self-sabotage or whatever because we think we are not at the certain level Mm -hmm. we don't need to be at a certain level we are all consciousness everything is consciousness animals are consciousness we are consciousness treats our consciousness yeah yes <laughs> yes exactly i did so that's beautiful absolutely beautiful i it reminds me of an experience i had with a sheep um when i was a student in the trust technique and in my training um with james french he's created the trust technique and we had this one workshop in o- omega new york wonderful place um and they had brought he had brought us sheep to work with and he had gave us this little talk before he said, um, you know, we're going to do the sheep after lunch or whatever it was. And please don't go and 
bother them before and you know all this so like basically ignore the sheep right so i had gone to the bathroom and i was coming back i i wasn't planning in any way to engage with the sheep but as i was walking back and i was about 50 feet away and i had sophia's also a service dog she used with me you know little sophia so we we were walking back and all of a sudden the sheep is there and we're about 50 feet away from each other and the sheep makes this just beautiful eye contact with me and told me this message that just knocked me on my ass really <laughs> i was so shocked you know it was it was such a beautiful message it was such a healing message it was so auspicious and one of the principles in in the in our method the uh, human animal connection is that there's a perfect distance for every interaction and at 50 feet away i was able to hear the sheep but I when I later when we were working with the sheep in the pen, it was still glorious and wonderful, but it was nothing like what I was able to hear at 50 feet. And it reminded me that there's, and this is helps me when I work with traumatized animals, is that there is a perfect distance for every interaction. And next time it might be different or it might be the same, but it's to be aware that that um, distance is a form of language, you know, whether we're, we're crossing distance or honoring distance or whatever it is. So um, that's, I don't know why I wanted to tell you that story, but yes, I, I, I love what you just said that, that it's all one consciousness. Cause that's really, really the message is that when we talk about honoring wisdom, we're saying that there's only one consciousness. Yeah. 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 And the animals know that. Yeah. Animals yeah. totally know that and animals live that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what role does understanding an animal's specific purpose play in strengthening the human animal bond? So like you mentioned earlier, like some people like, oh, I want my dog to be a therapy dog and they go take the class and the dog flunks out of class. And you know, <laughs> they, then they call you and say, can you fix my dog? Can you tell my dog? You know, all this stuff. Um, so, yeah. So that's an example of when we humans get it wrong. Like there was a, a have you ever heard of a dog called Ricochet? Have you ever heard of her? She, she was, uh, she was born and raised like from a family of service dogs. She was trained by a service dog trainer and she was a puppy prodigy, meaning as a puppy, she could do all of these, like, you know, 30 commands, you know, open the laundry, you know, pull on the string, do, do this, do that, everything, you know, she could just do everything. She okay. was a puppy prodigy. Everything was going great. And then when she hit adolescence, she went on strike. <gasps> she like, she like, didn't, wouldn't sit. She wouldn't do anything. All these commands that she knew she just stopped. Right. And she started chasing birds. So <laughs> her, her trainer is like, all right, I got to give her away. Cause she's just not going to be, she's not going to be able to pass the service dog test. If she chases birds, you know, she had to be dragging <laughs> her person along. Right. So she was about to give her away when the, the puppy got, or the teenager dog got on the, uh, she had a, uh, a little surfboard in her pool in her backyard and the dog got on it and loved it. And she recognized, oh, the dog loves this. You know, she wasn't doing any other things. And and she, she took him out, took the dog out to the beach and the dog loved to surf. The dog ended up being helping paralyzed children doing tandem surfing, meaning they were both strapped together and on the board. And so children who had never been in the ocean got to surf with this dog. So uh, wow. a surface dog and she didn't want to do standard therapy work or surface work or but she loved being in the water with the kids and she, you know she raised thousands of dollars for to help with rehabilitation for other kids and so it's it's an example of we have to pay attention to what a unique animal's purpose is like lulu here that you saw earlier you know 
I have my intent. I'd love it if she was a therapy dog. I have no idea if that's what's going to be, you know, we'll see because she's still in her healing process, but you just never know unless you listen. And once you listen, you can really help an animal discover their true purpose. Like sometimes like that Oscar had been trained to be a fighting dog, but he was a therapy dog. That was his true mission. It was, it took almost no training. I mean, he just learned everything immediately and he passed the test the first time, which does not happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I you know, Sophia failed three times before she passed, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, he just had it in his heart. It was, it was in his DNA as it were, you know, to do this work. So when we um, get out of the way of our own intentions and can, really listen for what an animal desires it's that life becomes so much richer for the animal and for us like with the rabbit that that sent you on your journey until it was time i mean it's that's such a beautiful story I, can i tell that story i love that that's oh a, yeah it's <laughs> yeah, a wonderful story i love it yeah so he really thing. pushed me he really pushed yes. me yes 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 <laughs> I had the same thing. I was working with a rabbit when I was learning the trust technique and wild rabbit in the yard. And there was a hole in the fence and he would come through and I would leave him little baby carrots, but he would only eat if I was completely peaceful. I mean, the minute I had to just move my eyes or my thoughts, boom, out the fence. <laughs> and so, you know, he really taught me to recognize when I was peaceful and when I wasn't, you know, I was, you know, I think I could get away with it, but no, he, he just knew. So that was a, rabbits wonderful they are something <laughs> they're all oh. something i don't i don't mean to say you know what i mean it was just we both had some wonderful experience with rabbits i had a fabulous experience with a little mouse in the shelter once i was uh i was volunteering at the shelter and i had come in to work with a dog that I was working with and I had some string cheese, a pack, you know, those little packets of string cheese in my pocket. Mm -hmm. And I was on the outside of this glass and I was heading towards the dog. And all of a sudden this little mouse pops up in the glass, the other side of the glass, like, look at me, you know, come <laughs> see me. And I was like, I was on my way and I only had limited time. I wanted to go see the dog. And then, okay, I go and see the mouse and he's standing up. All the other mice are like cowering in the back of the cage. And he's up there at the edge, you know, on his hind feet, paws on the, thing and looking at me like you've got a treat I know you do I know you do I know you have a treat <laughs> so like I okay so I, and it takes a long time to open these packages of string cheese and I'm fiddling with it and he's watching me the whole time I give him a little tiny piece he loves it and he's waiting for another piece I give him another little tiny piece gets me to give him the whole piece of string cheese that I'd save for this other dog <laughs> and then he says to me you'll be back tomorrow right you know, and it was like, I, I couldn't wait, but come back, you know, because he, the trust, you know, he just knew, he just knew that, that, that I had something and that, that he would like it and that we would, I, you know, I still can't forget this moment of, of the, the, the connection with this mouse that looked me right in the eye, you know, it was just so certain that I would give him what he wanted, you know, I had never... <laughs> Never seen me before, never seen him before. And of course, the next day he got adopted. But I, yeah, I still remember that experience, you know, just that that ability to just connect with him in that way was so sweet. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And animals, animals are wonderful, really. They yeah. they're they're amazing. They keep them yeah. amazing, amazing me all the time. <laughs> yeah, they're always a, it's like life with animals is like a continuous exploration and amazement. It's just you think you know something and then they teach you something else. And like, I, I had a friend, she, uh, this was when I was in Hawaii and in, in these days, 
they allowed elephant encounters, you know, like over the low fence, you could come and give them carrots. And so she would come and give them carrots. And she had been gone for a while. She had um, breast cancer surgery and she had had pain in her breast after the surgery. And uh, she went back to visit the elephant and the elephant was not interested in her carrot, but just kept nosing her breast, you know, like all the way around, just like touching, touch. I mean, like really uh -huh. intensely massaging. And the zookeeper was like worried. She said, don't, it's okay, it's okay. And after that, she had no more pain. Wow. Yeah. 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 The animals just... know perfectly what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just... Mm, they have a, a special sense, I say, yeah. for energies. They definitely do. I mean, there's, there's, uh, did you hear the story about Oscar the cat? Yes. You heard his... Yeah, that's a great story. Have your listeners heard that already? Pardon? Have your listeners already heard that story? No. Oh, okay. So there was a cat named Oscar in a nursing home and he was a feral cat. So he was not a cuddly cat. He didn't like to engage. I mean, if you left a treat, he'd go and take it, but he didn't want anything to do with humans, except when people were getting ready to pass. And when they were getting ready to pass three hours before they would go, he would come into their room and jump on their bed and lay next to them and stay with them until they passed. And then the moment they passed, he would, you know, a few minutes later, he would just get off and go back, go back about his day. And it was so reliable over 50 times he was accurate that they were able to call the families and say, you know, Oscar's with your mother. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, they didn't necessarily know when this was the terminally ill a nursing home, you know, Alzheimer's, I think it was, but he just had that knowingness and would choose to be there for that process of passing, of preparing and passing. And that was it. He didn't want to be snuggled and cuddled any other time, but through, for those hours he would sit. And if the family was there, he would let the family pet him, but that was it just for that experience. So, you know, there's so much that animals understand about life and energy and truth that we're just we're beginners in some oh ways, definitely you know? yes yes <laughs> yeah yes yeah. yeah we are definitely beginners yeah and we can't see energies either and animals actually can see the different energies yes the animals have told me that they actually can see the different energies and they can you know separate and and understands the different energies and yeah i mean we are nowhere there <laughs> yeah yeah you know and if you've shared your life with a cat or even dogs lots of animals will just suddenly they'll just stare at something you know and they'll just sit and watch it for a few minutes and we're looking we don't see anything you know and it's like they're seeing something <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. this one so how do you address and resolve mysterious behaviors in animals by understanding their underlying issues? So lots of times, like, well, let's, well, many animals, domesticated animals that we're working with, and we, we want them to do something and they're doing something opposite or something else or not doing something we want them to do. And if you talk to them and ask them what's going on, you know, often it's a situation they don't feel safe or they don't feel connected, or they don't feel heard. So one or the others, we need to change something in the environment, maybe to make them feel safe or help them to, you know, through these techniques to feel their own sense of safety, to fill their own safety tank, or help them feel connected or listen like you did with the rabbit. And he, and his message was go away and learn something, come back. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> come back when you know you know it's 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 really something um i forgot the question what was the question so how 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 do you address and resolve mysterious behaviors and animals yeah so often i'll tell you one story of a client she called me and she was very clean person and she shared her home with two rescue greyhounds and a pot belly pig right so but they were everything was very clean in the house and she, the reason why she had well she had had two greyhounds one passed and the remaining one was so sad it was like he was going to die so she thought i better get another one so she went and got another greyhound the new greyhound was named brie and brie she would take the dog out in the morning all them out in the yard do you know to go potty and whatever and she'd bring him in just getting ready to go to work and as soon as brie would come back in the house she'd potty on her rug you know just the whole, you know, just on the rug. And this kept happening to the point where she was like, I got to rehome this dog. This isn't working because she was late for work and it was crowded with a lot of stress. And so she called me and said, can you communicate? And so I was talking with Bree and I said, so what's up? And Bree said to me, she has no room in her heart for me. Oh. And what it was, was because the owner was still grieving the dog who had just passed and she mm. just got a really, a new dog really quickly, but she hadn't grieved sufficiently and she wasn't really ready she wasn't a part of her felt that if she loved the new dog she wasn't being loyal to the old dog that was just an idea that she had and so I explained that to her and she you know cried and she real, realized it was absolutely true that she wasn't letting the new dog in her heart I said if you make room in your heart for the new dog then she'll have a place to pee outside you know potty right. outside and so she got it and 18 months later no no house accidents so that's an example of you know, maybe, a, I don't know what some trainers would say, do this, do that, whatever. I'm not sure, but punishing techniques or something ridiculous. But all you have to do is just ask the animal and see what they have to say about it because they've got their reason. They're not doing bad behavior because they enjoy being bad. You know? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They're, they have some need that they're expressing or some energy that they need to have handled and then things get better so everything gets better it's same with human relationships if, if we talk to each other and find out well what happened you know why were you late and then I tell you why and you go it's okay you know but if I don't tell you anything you don't know what happened so it's the same with the animals we have to just find out what so tell me about this behavior because and if we take away the good and bad model good good dog bad dog and we just say okay dog needs safety or connection, or, you know, to communicate, to be heard, one of those three, and that behavior will change when you understand. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Now, you, you talked about the um, act resilient training method before, mm -hmm. that it includes laughter and, and funny things, acting, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Um, do you also have um, animals involved there? Yes, I, I bring, you know, I bring Sophia and whatever animals available um, to the trainings because we improv comedy is all about get, helping us get into the moment. So that's why it works as a healing modality. I'm not doing we're not doing improv to make people laugh. It's not that but we laugh a lot out of silliness. But it is about it's all about it's a secret the secret to get people into the present moment is my little weapon <laughs> <laughs> to, to just laugh them into laugh them into presence laugh them into being here oh i right love now. that i love yeah. that yeah yeah 
So yeah, so bringing the animal in and Sophia will come and, and it's fun. Sometimes when we're doing something really high energy, she'll run and spin and get the zoomies and play with us. And then we're doing something calm and quiet and she's very relaxed. And one of the principles in act resilient, a traumatized brain gets stuck, you know, it becomes very inflexible. And so the laughter helps to loosen the brain, helps to get restore what's called neuroplasticity of the brain to make new experiences instead of just being in the old experience. So um, she will help us get into the present moment by just her her ability to be present. Because as, as you've said, animals are present. So they don't have to get present. They are present. <laughs> right. We, we have to go, wow, okay, I think I'll choose that experience. So we have to make a conscious choice to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, animal can really help us to come into into the present moment. Mm -hmm. And as I say, life life takes place in the present moment, really. If we are mm -hmm. in the past or in the future, we miss our life. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 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 So could you share three essential insights or pieces of wisdom that people should keep in mind to foster a deeper understanding and connection with animals? So the first one is, I think, what the way you put it, it's all one consciousness. So it's not, there isn't a hard line between, oh, we're human some, somewhere over here in some other universe, and then there's animals over there. I mean, we may be in different spaces physically, but on an energetic or consciousness level, we are unified. We are all one. So coming from that perspective, which is brings us to the wisdom of animals, and so it's that awareness that changes everything about the dynamics between us. And the next thing is, as humans, we need to be able to discipline our, ourselves to not be running off in judgment or running off in in thinking or or just not being here, just being on autopilot. We need to we need to make a conscious choice because our minds can take us for a ride. And so that means that we need to choose. I want to be present with that rabbit with Spot. I want I want to know what that philosopher knows. <laughs> I want to I want to be where he is, you know, in, in consciousness. So we have to make a conscious choice to do that. And then the, the third one is love. Is just the 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 love of all the beings. And through those three things, we will get there. Right. Yeah. So how can our listeners get involved or learn more about the Human Animal Connection Organization and the services you offer? Yes, they can connect with us through our website, which is the, you have to put the the in or it won't work, but it's thehumananimalconnection.org. And you can uh, email us or do a schedule consultation. I do consultations with people all over the world. You can read the book, which is available on Amazon and will be available as an audiobook very soon. So those are some of the ways that you can connect with us and learn our methods. And we really want to create a, uh, an army of people who are living these principles and whether it's with their one-on-one -on -one with the animal or doing volunteer work in shelters or however they choose to do it. But, uh, and we're also really interested in getting people involved in therapy dog work. So I hope people will seek us out and we have a free newsletter. We have blogs, we have tons of videos on our YouTube channel. So lots of ways to connect with us and whatever works for people. Oh, great. So you can give me all that information. I can put it in the show notes yes. so people can go there and, and uh, see how they can connect with you. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been a total delight. And thank you to the listeners and watchers and people who are like-minded. Thank you for loving animals. Is there anything else you would like to say? I'll just say the word sweet. Sweet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sweet. <laughs> well, thank you very much for being on the show, Jeannie. Thank you. Before we go, a quick request. If you have enjoyed this episode of Animal Empathy, please subscribe to stay in the loop for more magical insights. Sharing is caring, so spread the word to your fellow animal enthusiasts. And if you could spare a moment, leaving a review would truly mean the world. As we wrap up, remember this. Life's most beautiful moments happen in the now. So stay present, embrace the magic, and keep those hearts open. Thank you for being part of our animal-loving community. Until next time, stay curious and stay connected.